0: This week, there it is, a picture of it out front, and uh, um, back in January, I preached a message uh, from Joshua 4 that focused on the uh, memorial that God told Joshua and the Israelites to build on the east side of the Jordan River, and uh, Les is wondering why I'm not coming through. It's because I forgot to turn on my lapel mic. Can you hear me now, Les? There you go. That's better. Anyway, so um, uh, I had preached a message back in January on, on Joshua 4 and and the, the whole story of the Israelites building that memorial on the east side of the Jordan River after they had finally passed into the promised land. And so uh, that memorial, of course, was to remind the people and the future generations of God's faithfulness to them. And this is what it says in Joshua 4:6. It says, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You tell them. And so, of course, at that time, it represented God's faithfulness to bring them into the land that God had promised to them. But now, um, this similar memorial fountain is in front of our church as a reminder of God's faithfulness to us as Arthur Mennonite Church for the past 80 years or so and uh, many more in the future. And so a big big thank you goes out to, to Larry Yoder, who we asked to design and to make this fountain. You know, Larry's come up with a lot of creative ideas uh, through the years, and we knew that he was the right one to help with this. And the cool thing about this is Larry even brought two rocks back from the top of Mount Sinai when Larry and Pat were there just recently. And so the very two, the top two rocks there are from the top of Mount Sinai where Moses received the Ten Commandments from God uh, in Exodus 19 and 20. So that's, that's a really cool part of this. And we do uh, hope to soon have a memorial plaque out there to just say a little bit about the Joshua 4 story and how it relates to, to uh, this fountain and to our church and God's faithfulness and guidance uh, being celebrated here from generation to generation. And we know, of course, that you know, God has been faithful to this church through the last 80 years. Uh, 1940 is when this church was started, and uh, we do trust that his faithfulness will continue in the years ahead. And the whole idea of a fountain is to remember or to recall Jesus' words when Jesus talked about being the living water, and he also talked about water springing up to uh, eternal life. And so, anyway... If you haven't already, you got, we have a fellowship meal today, so you'll have time to go out and uh, and take a look at this fountain. Again, thank you to Larry Yoder for all your help with this and all you've done to uh, to make it happen. Our scripture text today is found in Matthew 13, if you want to turn there in your Bibles with me. I love the parables of Jesus. And uh, I really love how creative Jesus was in telling stories that, you know, just make a spiritual connection for us to everyday life. And uh, this chapter has so many of them. And uh, I like to refer to this, this chapter as the parable chapter because uh, of how many are actually listed here. Uh, we're we're going to try to touch on all of them a little bit today. And ask the question, what is Jesus saying here that that I can apply to my life? And uh, we've heard the parable of the mustard seed, the yeast, the hidden treasure, the fine pearls, and the fishing net, which were read already. And now I'm going to read the parables of the weeds, the parable of the weeds. So I'm going to start in verse 24, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 36, where Jesus gives us the explanation of this parable. So beginning uh, with verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and and pull him up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And then skipping on down to verse 36 is where Jesus explains, says, then he left the crowd and he went into the house and his disciples actually came to him and said, explain to us that parable of the weeds in the field. And so Jesus answered. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angel, are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. One of the best known prayers in all of the world is, of course, the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus gives to us in the sixth chapter of Matthew. And uh, that prayer begins by saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then what are the next three lines? I gave it away on the screen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so as Jesus, as Jesus rose out from the edge of the shore here in Matthew 13, he begins to teach the people, including his 12 disciples, about the kingdom of God and how we as his followers can make his kingdom come here on earth just as it is in heaven. Now, that's a tall order, for sure. But as Christians, that is really what we are called to do in this life and in this world. It is our purpose, it's it's who we are, and it is what we are to be about. In almost all of these parables, Jesus starts by saying, The kingdom of heaven is light. And then he goes on to explain what the kingdom is, who the king of that kingdom is, and what all that means for those of us who are living in this this world. The only one here that does not begin that way is the parable, the four seeds or the the four soils, which Jesus begins with. And uh, he speaks about the seed being sown that represents the life of each person. And as he explains it in verses 18 through 23, he is basically uh, giving examples of how people either grow in their faith or they wither away from it. And uh, we didn't read that parable, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it today, but the intent of that particular parable that he starts with in this chapter is is pretty obvious because Jesus is encouraging us that Seed that falls on good soil produces fruit and produces uh, fruit for the kingdom of this world. The question we need to ask with that particular parable is, is this. If Jesus looks at my life right now, and he, does he see fruit or does he see some pruning that needs to take place? And then speaking of pruning, he tells the parable of the weeds and the wheat that we just read from this chapter. And again, he begins with, the kingdom of heaven is like. And in this story of this parable, someone comes in the middle of the night and sows weeds among the wheat filled. And so what is the owner to do? With that, once the weeds and the wheat begin to grow together. In verses 37 through 39, he tells what all the different parts of this parable represent. So I'm going to put that on the screen and I'm going to read uh, those particular verses again. He says, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. The the ministry team recently has been reading through a, a preaching book by the late Fred Craddock. And uh, recently, we listened to one of his sermons in which he actually preached on this particular text or this particular parable, and he said, he said this: I've never seen a field without any weeds, and it's a truth there are weeds in this world and in life. And then he said, I have a list, and uh, you know I don't think he is alone there. I like it that he. He put it on himself to say, you know, we all probably have our lists of who the weeds are or what the weeds look like. But then he went on to say that the natural thing for us to do is to fight the weeds and and to get rid of the weeds. To get rid of the undesirables. You know, the weeds are always the enemy. We've seen many examples of that. Uh, through the centuries of people doing that or leaders doing that. That whole idea of separating people as some see fit. You know, you stay, you go, you're better, you're worse, and so on. It's no secret to anyone that there is evil in this world. And so we are often inclined to say... Isn't isn't there such a thing as right and wrong and and true and false and evil and and good? Yes, there is. But there's also a a lot of good things being done in this world. There are a lot of right decisions that are being made. And there's actually a lot of truth that's being proclaimed. And so, what if we pull up some of the wheat in an effort to get rid of those things that we think are the weeds? That's what Jesus is stressing here. We are not called to be the judgment seat of Christ. We are to be agents of reconciliation and hope. Not flaunting our convictions in judgment, You know, if I recall from, from Luke chapter 6, Jesus even said that we are to love our enemies. So I think we need to consider that in light of this parable as well. But as Fred Craddock also says, he says, Only God truly knows weeds from wheat. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that we... We just go along with false teachers or false teaching. That doesn't mean that we just go along with cultural leanings or just every movie or song, tweet, sermon, news story or podcast that that is out there that we come across. Jesus isn't saying anything here about not speaking up for truth, making good decisions and sharing the good news of the kingdom of heaven. This is more about how we treat the weeds in the world. It is more of an encouragement, I think, for us to let God sort all of this out instead of taking it into our own hands. And that's not always easy for us to do. But. We need to be most concerned about sowing good seeds in this world than deciding which bad ones need to be removed. So here's an idea. Perhaps we need to sow so many good seeds in the world that the weeds aren't even as noticeable. I think of a quote I heard from Christian author Rod Dreyer when he said, Currently culture is shaping the next generation's understanding of faith far more than their faith is shaping their understanding of culture i mean that that's a reminder that even though the weeds and the wheat grow together the wheat must not let the weeds affect their growth and their maturity in the ways of God. And so, you know, as followers of Jesus, we need to face the world with confidence in the gospel's power to change one heart at a time instead of trying uh, to fix all of the problems in the world. And I, I need to tell myself that too because... I often think, you know, that I can go out there, I need to change the problems and the evil and the stuff that's in the world. And, um, you know, maybe I need to think about just sowing good seed instead of worrying about the other. I think the question that this parable encourages us to ask ourselves this morning is, how can I be a positive influence for Jesus in this world And sow seeds for good. Instead of trying to fix and correct all of the problems. And it seems like the very next parable is a great follow up to that question. Jesus actually shares two very short parables after this in verses 31 to 35. That reference the mustard seed and the yeast as illustrations of what the kingdom of heaven is like. First of all, it's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest or one of the smallest of seeds that you can find. And yet when it is planted, Jesus says that this seed can grow into a large tree in which birds can perch on. Then he says it's like yeast, which gets mixed in with. Flour into the dough and, and it grows right before your eyes you know the kingdom of God changes people from within not from without so you know the influence of the gospel message in a culture works the same way Christians in a culture can be agents of change which slowly and sometimes it takes a long time but slowly transform that culture from within, from within each heart for the cause of Christ, which ends up being for the betterment of all people. But that, you know, that takes a lot of intentionality in a world that is trying to sow so many weeds. But what is Jesus saying here? God can do big things... With a small amount of faith and trust starting out. When someone reveals just a little, you know, all it takes is a little opening in their faith and their belief in Jesus and the Lord begins to show more. And the Lord then begins to reveal more about the kingdom of heaven and the blessings that, that come to us from being a child of God. In Matthew 17, when uh, when Jesus healed the demon-possessed boy, he referred back to this parable, actually. And uh, this parable of the mustard seed. And Jesus related it to faith. He said, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as the mustard seed, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Impossible for you to overcome. And so if you are here this morning and you have been struggling with doubt, with questions, and confusion about God, about trust, or about heaven, go to God and ask for His wisdom and His guidance. And Jesus will help you to overcome whatever it is that you are going through right now. I mean, you know, none of us have the answers to everything, but when we open ourselves to God and his word, the understanding will grow and it will increase over time. And I have to think about that example of the dough and the yeast, you know, just like it takes time for yeast to make that dough rise. It often takes time For us to understand the ways of God and what the kingdom of heaven is really like. But I think that is the main focus of what Jesus is saying here. Perhaps he's also connecting it to this idea that through him, it also is not impossible for a weed to someday turn into a wheat. I mean, that might be impossible in your garden or in your field, but in the kingdom of God... It's not impossible, and so perhaps these two particular parables are encouraging us to think about our own faith, as well as giving others the opportunity to show faith in God instead of casting them off or casting casting them away. So the question there is to say, who have you casted away that Jesus uh, that just needs the opportunity? For Jesus to change them. And then there's the last uh, three parables of this chapter. The hidden treasure and the pearl are the pearl of great price, are examples of how we should be willing to give up everything and anything and everything in this world to experience the kingdom of heaven. I mean, the man sold all that he had so that he could go buy that field with the great treasure in it. And then a similar story is where the man sells all that he has, so you go and buy that pearl of great value. And so, you know, the question for us is, do we value the kingdom of heaven to that level? Is it more valuable to you than anything in this world? I mean, it sounds like it should be from what Jesus is saying here. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 6, he talks about, you know, storing up treasures in heaven instead of here on this earth. And that's what Jesus is referring to here in these parables. He's asking us where our priorities are. Are they on this life? Are they on this world, or are they focused on the kingdom of heaven to come? Have you made the choice for Jesus' salvation and eternal life in heaven? Or have you chosen, or are you choosing the world and its temporary trappings? I mean, that choice is, is huge for us. The choice is huge for all people, really, not just for us. And I think the last parable here shows why it is so important. And it's the parable of the fishing net. So let me just read this once again. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it to the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In the next verse or so, Jesus brings these parables to a close by asking them a question. He says, have you understood all these things? And the people reply by saying, yes. Yes, we understand. And I hope today that, that we can not only say, yes, we understand, but yes, we hear what you are trying to tell us, Jesus. Understanding is one thing, you know, but, but being obedient and following is another. Another. And there will be a final judgment day for everyone. The Bible talks about it often. Uh, it cannot be denied. It's not, you know, it's not for us to judge others. It's not for us to separate the weeds from the wheat. It is it's God's responsibility to do that. But it will happen someday when our life on this earth is finished. And so we need to be ready for it today. We need to be ready for it right now. We don't want to be one of the fish that is thrown out. Because that doesn't sound like a place that any of us would want to go. And the truth is we shouldn't want anyone to go down that path. And that's why the message of new life in Jesus is so important for us to share and To give witness to. And so if you're here today. Or you're out there watching today. And you've not made a decision. To make Jesus the Lord of your life. I really hope that today is the day that you you make that decision. I mean there's no better time than right now to give your life. And your sin and your fear. And your worries to Jesus. Jesus. And so as we as we end this morning, we are going to pray together and we are going to give you that opportunity. But as we end this 13th chapter of Matthew, I think it's important for us to think about all these teachings of Jesus and what his desire is for our lives. Nothing here is is forced. You know, I I think we need to realize that everything that Jesus offers is a free gift. It's a free gift of grace. A free gift of salvation. You don't know how, you don't have to do anything to earn it. And it is more valuable than anything else in this world. And so, now it's up to us. It's up to us to put them into practice. It is up to us to make them the most important part of our life that they need to be. And as I said, there's no better time for that to begin than for right now. And you know, personally, I I am so thankful that I know Him as my Savior. and, And you know, my hope is that all people could know Him as their Savior. I hope that's the desire of all of us, because, you know, when that is the case, nothing in this world can really bring us defeat. I mean, we are a child of God for all of eternity. And so I think we need to celebrate that and know that heaven is celebrating that with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be praised. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we worship you today with reverence, with awe because of who you are. We are blessed that you call us your people. Help us to love you and and to worship Jesus with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Lord, help us to live with these parables in mind. As we live our lives in this world. Lord we thank you for this time together today. We pray that you would bless the food. And that's been brought. The fellowship. The congregational meeting that will follow that. Just be with our time. Here this morning. And if you are here this morning. Or if you are watching online. And you want to give your life to Jesus. And you want to live for the kingdom of heaven. We want to we give you that opportunity right now. And so we're going to to all pray this prayer together. But if you truly want to receive Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior and repent of your sins and follow him into eternal life in heaven. Pray this prayer with all of your heart and mean it today. So let's everyone uh, pray this together. I'll say a line of the prayer and then all of you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus. I want to know you personally. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I repent of my sins. And I open the door of my life to you. I ask you to come in. As my Lord and Savior. Take control, of my life Take control of my life and help me to find victory, my life victory. over all, of the, attacks of the, evil one. all of the attacks of the evil one thank you for forgiving my sins, thank you for forgiving sins. giving me eternal life give me a new life right now and make me the kind of person you want me to be